You are listening to the Bridge Community Church Podcast out of Warrington, Virginia. Our church exists to connect you to God, others, and the marketplace. For more information, you can visit us online at bridge4life.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you are blessed by today's message. Well, good morning, and today my message is on women of faith from generation to generation. So please stand with me as we read our scripture verse today. It's found in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Say it out loud with me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak today to mothers and also to women of faith. I thank you, God, that you will anoint your word and that your word will go forth to penetrate our hearts and our minds so that we can live the faith walk that you have blessed us with. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You are welcome to be seated. I, too, would like to say happy Mother's Day. And we are celebrating all the moms today. And like I said, we are celebrating all women of faith today. So my goal is to explain to you why it is important to continue the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Now, I am Pastor Lisa. I am Pastor Greg's wife, for those of you who may be new or visiting today. So I, because I'm his wife, I get to share things about him. (laughs) Because that's what wives do. So this morning I get up, he hands me two Mother's Day cards. One is very sweet and nice. The other one is actually a testimony of him and and my life. It says, babe, you deserve the day off. Let me take care of everything. And it has pictures of grocery shopping, cleaning up messes, cooking, doing the dishes. Let me take care of everything. But my question is, how do you do everything? (laughs) That is our world and So even, because he calls me when he can't find things. Where's the bowls? It's like, up in the cabinet. Where's the silverware? In the drawer. Where's the ham? In the refrigerator. And, kid you not, he called me yesterday. Where's the lid to the blender? Now, he... I told that second service, and he came up to me, and he said, now, in my defense, you moved it. (laughs) 
So that was for him because he said, you know, so in his defense, he did move it, but I get calls like that all the time of where things are. So, so that this is our life, and that was such a good card because that is, that is what he does. And um, anyway, but like I said, my goal today is to help you to become women of faith, to pursue him so that you can teach the next generation. We need to teach every generation about the gospel of Jesus, who Jesus is and what he did for us. So today, after the service, we have gifts for those of you who are 16 and older. So if you are 16 through 19, we have makeup bags for you because you are the next generation following us. So we want to go ahead and, and celebrate you because you will continue the faith. You will be the next generation. And then for those of you who are 20 and older, I, I do want to tell you something that happened to me this week. I had to fill out an application. And, and there, I forget what it was because it just totally threw me off. You know how they do the age brackets and you have to check the box? I had to check the last box. <laughs> I have never checked the last box. But anyway, for those of you who are 20 and older, we have gifts for you as well. There, you can choose from, there are two, so you can choose one. Now, I do want to say, if you forgot to buy your mom a Mother's Day gift, you cannot use that gift <laughs> to give to your mother. This is from the church. This is from God. <laughs> so you cannot take a gift to give to your mom. Okay, so they are for all the ladies here today, 16 and older, because we do want to celebrate you. And just like I said, we need to celebrate and teach God's word to the next generation. And do you know how you do that? Do you know how revival starts? Do you know how you change your life? And do you know how you change your children's lives? You tell them your testimony. Yes, your testimony. Because where would you be without your testimony of the saving knowledge of Jesus in your life? Tell them your testimony. How you became a follower of Christ. And how they can too in times of when they are struggling and when they don't know what to do, that they too can cry out to Jesus. Because that's what we do of women of faith. We cry out to the Lord. And we ask for forgiveness. And we use and, and we help those who don't know Christ to come to know Christ. As you can tell, this really burns in my heart because I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of the cross, that the cross can save anybody because Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. We need to learn from who Jesus is. And today, as, as I was talking about Mother's Day, be a learner so you can lead by example. Verse 1, the first portion of that verse says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
So who are the heroes of the faith? Who are these great cloud of witnesses? Where they are the men and women, the heroes of the Bible, who successfully overcame the crisis and trials of their day. And we can list them. Esther, who saved her people, the Jewish people. But the people also had to engage. They had to fast with her. They had to pray with her. They had to engage to be able to fulfill the plan God had for their life and for her life and the Jewish people. Then also another, another example is Deborah, who led her people through a military um, and won the victory in the military excursion that happened in her day. Mary, the mother of Jesus, how would you like to be go around and say, yeah, I am pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I was born of a virgin. Do you know I thought everybody used to believe that? Until one day when I was at work, when I was a realtor several years ago, someone in the office, their birthday was December 25th, and a man said to that person, oh, were you born of a virgin too? I thought everybody believed it. I know it's probably immature on my emotional thinking about spiritually, but I did. I thought everybody believed that Jesus was the Son of God. But I learned differently that day. But also another hero of the faith is Priscilla. Priscilla helped her husband, Aquila, to do and have a house church, to preach, to teach, to disciple, in a time where it wasn't favorable for women to be able to, to do that. So she, she kind of set the path for those of us today because she's a hero of the faith. And scripture gives us their testimony, how they pursued their relationship with the Lord and how he led them through the trial of their day. We can read the Bible about them, how they lived, how they persevered, the lessons they learned. Because the lessons that they learned during their trial is, is not the crisis that is different. It is different. But the perception and the principles of God are the same. They're the same for every crisis. The principles of God. When you live for the Lord, the principles of God are the same. Look around here today and look at all the, the witnesses the crowd of a great, a great crowd of witnesses right here. A great cloud. Look around. These are a great cloud of witnesses. But Paul writes in Hebrews 13, 7 through 8, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Because Jesus Christ is the same today Yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. His principles are the same. So learn from those that are sitting here today. I, I would not be a good connection group pastor if I did not say to you, this is why you need to join a connection group so you can be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So you can, they can share your, their testimony and teach you and help you walk in your faith, and also that you can share your testimony, because it might help someone else too. Now, I know I've said this before, and I will probably say this 
again next year. So just go ahead and write it down, and then you can know that I'll say it again. But the worst thing you can do is isolate yourself. The worst thing you can do for your children is to let them isolate themselves because they need to be around other children of faith and other teens of faith. I know you can sit here and say that, but not all them youth kids are saved, man. Have you seen them? Can I just tell you, not everyone in here is saved either. But you know we give them the opportunity to know who Jesus is so that they can become a follower of Christ. Because church attendance is vital for their spiritual growth, just like food is for their physical growth. Church attendance is vital. And there's a, I know there are some of you in here sitting and thinking, yeah, but I know people who were made to go to church and raise in church, and, and they're not serving God at all today. Can I tell you something? I was raised in church. I was made to go to church, and I'm serving God today. So instead of looking at the negative, look at the positive, because our children, your children, the youth and those of children that are in your care need a firm foundation of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for them, how he can forgive them of their sins, and how he can walk with them in times of crisis. That is why we need to have our children and our youth in church so that they can grow spiritually. I would rather have my children grow, come to church and, be, and learn about God than for, and then them walk away from God than them to have never known God because they will come back one day because I believe your children, your grandchildren will come back to God. I believe it. So say it, speak it, speak their names, pray for them, because they will come back to God. But I also deal with a lot of people who are new in the faith that are adults, and they do not have a firm foundation. They were not taught about Jesus. And so it's harder to teach them because we have words in the Bible that they totally don't get. You're telling me the blood of Jesus, you're going you're gonna to pour blood over me so I can be saved? See, they think of it as literal. The blood of Christ covers our sins. We as parents and adults owe it to our children to receive biblical teaching so we can lead them by example. And then they, in turn, one day can lead their families even if they choose not to serve God. How many of you in here were made to go to church as a kid? Yeah. See? Did you see everybody? Look how many people were made to go to church who are here today. So use them as an example. And there is one thing I will tell you about mothers. You might be here today because you were made to come. You might be here today because it's Mother's Day and your mother wanted you to be here. 
I will tell you a secret of your mother. She is praying for you. And she prays for you every day. And so uh, the prayers of a mother will never leave. So you might as well just give it up right now. (laughs) Because mothers pray for their children. They pray for their grandchildren. And so it is time for you to accept Christ as your Savior. Because your mother's knees may be wearing out, but she is going to pray for you. My second point is throw it off. And this is the the second portion of verse 1. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Do you know hindrances to your faith and living in sin is designed to be a growth inhibitor? Since hindrances can be, some of them can be, and you may relate to this, is feelings of inadequacy. I don't know enough about the Bible. I, I don't think they'll listen to me. They, they just plug their ears, and all they want to do is listen to, be on their phones and put iPod. What are you putting in your ears? Earpods in their ears. They won't listen to me. The scripture tells us here to throw it off. Doesn't say lay it down. Because when you lay something down, you pick it back up. It says throw off the hindrances. Throw it off. When I was young and in school, we had school Olympics. I don't know if any of you have ever had those before. But we used to do the Olympics, and it was an all-day thing, and it was so fun. I won the softball throw. Yes, I did. (laughs) So I threw that as far as I could throw. But today I throw like a girl, and it drives me insane. (laughs) That's what it means to throw it off. Throw it So you can't pick it back up because it's a hindrance and a tactic that the devil will use to keep you from teaching your children and and learning and for learning to uh, helping those learn more about who he is because of your feelings of inadequacy. See, Moses had those too. Do you remember in scripture, we know the story of Moses telling God, I can't do that. They're not going to listen to me. Who am I? I stutter. I can't do that. But God gave him a plan. And he stepped out in faith. God will give you a plan. Step out in faith to lead your children. Because I will will tell you, I'm going to give you a key to stepping out in faith and getting rid of these feelings of inadequacy and also not knowing scripture. Be obedient with the scripture and God's moral laws that you already know. Stop trying to learn everything. You will never learn everything about God and scripture. Lead your family. Be obedient with what scripture you already know. And God will bless you, and he will help you with his word. And he will help you lead your family daily. But also, 
you have to throw off sin. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about living in sin. Turn away from sin that you're living in. Jesus did not die for you to live in sin. He died for you to turn around from sin and follow him. The devil wants to lead you in sin and take you down a path of destruction where you have no purpose, you have no hope. Jesus will lead you down a path for eternal life, for purpose, for eternity, to be victorious with him. That's why we continue the faith from generation to generation. And sometimes what's hanging on us, we, may not, we might think that it's sin. Sin that we keep asking God to forgive us over and over and over. But, but guilt and shame will mask itself as sin. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you, you turn from that sin. But the guilt and shame keeps you from growing in your faith. Then throw it off. Throw it off. God gives us the authority to throw it off. Take that authority. We are followers of Christ. Take the authority that God has given us. Stand on his word and speak it. As you model growing in your faith to your children, they will learn these things and put them into practice as well. And when you do that, and when you put these things into practice, what you are teaching your children is to focus on Jesus. Focus on him. The last part of verse 1 in the second scripture says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We are to run with perseverance, not giving up. It didn't work, so why try? But perseverance. And to keep our eyes focused on him because he has paved the way. If you've ever um, run a race or um, I don't know if you did track in school or whatever, weren't you focused on the prize? You're focused for the, for the finish line. That's what Jesus is. He's telling you to focus on the finish line, to keep looking at him, because when you look to the left and to the right, it causes you to stumble. One of the, one of the um, great scriptures and stories of the Bible about this is, is Peter, when Jesus was walking on the water. Remember when Jesus came walking on the water and it was storming? The disciples were scared and they said, it's a ghost. And then Jesus said, no, it is me. And Peter said, well, if it's you, then let me walk out to you on the water. And as long as Peter focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But when he turned and looked at who knows what he was looking at. It could be see if everybody was seeing him, the storm, how is this happening? Um, is everybody looking at me? He started to sink. 
But Jesus, he cried out to Jesus. Jesus grabbed his hand. Because fear will cause you to turn your eyes off of Jesus. Fear. See, there are many people in this room that have been through crisis and tragedies. And, and you know, there are those of you who may be, let's say, in your 80s, and your father went to World War II. You know, my, my mother-in-law, Pastor Greg's mother, first service I said Pastor Greg's wife. My mother-in-law, Pastor Greg's mother, um, said goodbye to her father when she was a little child, and he went off to war, and they didn't see him for two years straight. I have an aunt who is also in her 80s. She said goodbye to her dad when she was a, a small child because he went off to World War II, and they never saw him again. So see, there was a crisis. That generation went through a crisis. And those that kept their eyes focused on Jesus were the ones that were helped during that crisis. Those children grew up, which became our parents, and they also took their families through a crisis. I know some of you weren't even born yet, but they took us through the crisis of Vietnam War. They took us through the crisis of, of the drug culture. The drug culture was very, very heavy. In fact, when I was in school, one of the students there got so high on LSD that he ran off the, the waterfall, thought he was flying, and died. So they took us through those crises. Every generation has a crisis. But like I said earlier, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The next crisis is when we became adults and started a family. Because in 1999 was the Columbine shootings. And that set off fear in the nation. In fact, because there have been so many copycats to this day, fear in the nation. And then the next fear that came was, um, let me try to remember, Y2K. Does everybody remember Y2K? <laughs> yes, the year 2000, when all technology was going to shut down. People were hoarding food. They were hoarding food, going into the, the grocery store, buying water and everything they could because they were afraid of the Y2K and everything was going to shut down. Guess what happened? Nothing. But fear gripped the nation again. And then just a year later, we had to take our children through 9-11. Again, fear gripped homes and gripped people that they didn't even want to go out. They didn't want to be in public places, to the grocery store, the mall, because of fear. See, fear and crisis are the tactic of Satan that he has used from the beginning of time to get our eyes off of Jesus. And you here, you know, our children grew up, and some of you here are raising children. You just took your children through crisis. 
of COVID and, and now of other things that may be coming along with it in our society and in our nation. It's a tactic to get you to get your eyes off of Jesus and to isolate yourselves and to isolate your children. It's a tactic. There's a difference between caution and fear. But the devil plays on the fear. And it's a tactic. And the crisis being played out before us from every generation deals with the same challenges. The, the crisis might be different, but emotionally and physically, they are the same. Fear, uncertainty, disappointment, loss of hope, grief. And do you know when you will know how well you did in leading your children through this past crisis? When they become adults, start their families, and they lead their children through a crisis. Because the crisis come. And Jesus is the only one that is the same yesterday and forever. And you can stand on that firm foundation of who he is, and he will get you through the crisis because fear will make you feel like you're drowning. But Jesus will grab your hand and lift you up. And life is full of winds and waves. So stay, stay focused on the activity of Jesus, not the storm. Talk more about Jesus than the crisis. Talk more about Jesus than the storm. Because you are telling the devil as you're speaking about God and as you're speaking his word, you are saying, I am a follower of Christ. And Jesus said this. And Jesus said, I am a conqueror. And Jesus said, say what Jesus said. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He is faithful. Say what Jesus said. Speak it out. Next is to worship him. This is the last verse of 2 and the first part of verse 3. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus endured the cross because he knew the victory on the other side. He persevered. He endured the pain and suffering because he had you and me in mind that we would be able to accept him and that we would be able to spend eternity with him. Worship him. Worship him because of who he is. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And we are to worship him because of what he did for us. Even when people, sinners, were in opposition to him, he did it anyway. He endured. He endured the cross. And I know at times it's overwhelming when, when we have, go through crisis. 
But if you will turn that overwhelmness into worship, it'll change your and transform your mind. Worship Jesus because of he deserves to be reverent to us, for us to worship him in reverence and also in sensitivity to his glorious presence and power. You will feel the power of the Holy Spirit when you worship him, when you give him the authority over your life. You will feel his presence. It doesn't matter today whether or not you are here and you don't believe in God, but I want to tell you something. Your mother does. Your mother does. So worship. Worship in front of your children. Show them how to worship. Let them learn from you on how to worship so that you do not grow weary. I know it's been a a season of weariness. But if you will worship him, that weariness will fall off. Worship him. And we not only worship him by raising our hands and singing, we also worship him by our actions daily, by living an example of who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and we worship him by his godly morals. You know what they are. That is a form of worship. When we walk on the journey of life and follow his plan, submit our will to him, humbly come before him, that is worship. That is a sign of worship. And we do that in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. See, see, the New Testament church had the same issues. They had the same problems. They had the same thing where, where their, um, their nation or where they lived, their society, didn't, didn't favor God and who God was and the principles of the Lord. But you know what? They did it anyway. They lived for God anyway. So I want to encourage you today, live for God anyway. Because of his promises to us. And the strategy of the New Testament church that we can follow today is to live a life so well lived that our culture can no longer ignore the truth of our belief system claims. Can no longer ignore if we will live out our faith in front of them. You don't have to scream at them. You don't have to protest. Live it out in front of them. No, we don't do that. As you see, we're taking um, the baby bottles for a collection to help Warrington Pregnancy Center. I know sometimes that things happen in families. And sometimes you have to walk alongside of of an unwed mother. But that's what we do as followers of Christ. Those are babies. God's got a plan for them. And we gather around that girl and we help her. 
Listen, I'm speaking from experience. I had a teen sister become a mother and had, she had to face ridicule. But listen, we were followers of Christ. And she had the baby. And today my niece is 42 years old. Praise God. Right? And there were Christians telling her, Christians telling her to terminate the baby because it would ruin her life. Because her dream was to go to cosmetology school and become a hairstylist. It would ruin her life. Guess what? My sister went to cosmetology school and became a stylist. And we are here to help. But keep your eyes focused on Jesus and live your life. Those are the things that might happen. There might be a crisis in your life, and those are the things that can happen. But if you will live your life so well, it will draw the attention of others. Live it well. So I like to read scripture. And there are scriptures in the Bible that God wants us to say in the, with authority. And he gives us the ability to say those with authority. So this next scripture, Hebrews 12, 28 through 29, is a scripture that you say with authority. In fact, if you do not say this with authority, I will make you say it again. So you might as well say it with authority. Hebrews 12, 28 through 29, say this with me. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God with acceptability, with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The lessons that you learn about Christ from others is how you will get through crisis and to teach the next generation about Jesus, about who he is, because he's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords and we are to worship him. So remember this, no matter what storm you face today or tomorrow, personally, nationally, or worldwide, continue learning about Jesus so that you can lead by example to your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, nephews, and other children in your care. Jesus died on the cross and rose again so you could throw off hindrances and sin and grow in your faith. Stay focused on him. Run your race well. Worship him. And as he promised from generation to generation that no matter where culture is headed, whether or not Christianity is favored or how strong the powers of darkness are, Jesus declared that he would build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So today I'd like to introduce to you the voices of five, five generations proclaiming their faith in Jesus Christ because they are women of faith.
Amen.